Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. The biggest newsmaker of the week on the podcast. I mean, I guess colloquially we can call it a leak, but legally that's not a leak. I got to believe that the president is uh, very, very concerned. I'm Tim Wenger on the podcast, powered by the Brothers of Mercy, a five-star rated skilled nursing residence offering affordable living in a country setting. James Comey goes one-on-one with WBEN's Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski in a wide-ranging interview. James Comey, why now? You're a witness in Robert Mueller's Russia investigation. Are you risking anything by speaking publicly before this probe is over? It's good to be with you. I I don't think so. Comey talked at length with Susan and Brian on all the issues surrounding the email probe and, of course, his new book. My testimony, maybe someday I'll be a witness, but the testimony I would give has already been locked down, as prosecutors would say. I testified under oath at length about it last year in the Senate, and even before then it was locked down because much of it is in memos I wrote at the time. And so as a former prosecutor, I don't think there's much risk at all that that by talking about what I said a year ago under oath, I create a problem as a witness. But, you know, John Dean's testimony helped bring down the Nixon administration. He waited until the investigation was over to tell his story. Yeah. And, and maybe a different person would have made a different decision. I thought it would be a cowardly thing to wait, given that speaking won't jeopardize the investigation and that I thought I had something useful to say, especially now about leadership, which is what the book is about, not about Donald Trump, and that there would be very, very little risk to the investigation. And by the way, the special prosecutor in the FBI knew for a long time I was going to be writing a book, and I submitted the manuscript to the FBI for review, and there was no request that I not do it. You said this book isn't about the president, but uh, all the headlines are obviously going to be about Donald Trump. Is your goal of writing this book, you said it's about leadership, unachievable now that you you kind of no longer have this nonpartisan image? Yeah, I don't think so. I think people read the book, they'll realize two, two things, that I'm telling the truth when I say it's not about Donald Trump. It's about stories that helped me form a picture, including stories where I did things I'm not proud of that helped me develop a picture of what ethical leadership should look like, and that even if you think I'm an idiot, I'm a pretty fair-minded idiot, and I'm not on either side. And and I know the headlines will be about Donald Trump, but I hope people will look past those headlines and read the book. You know, your leak of memos, what does that message send to the rank-and-file FBI agents who feel like the agency is being dragged through the mud? Yeah, um, I have to respectfully take issue with your predication. I didn't leak memos. I gave a single unclassified personal memo that I had in my safe at home to a friend and asked him to share the substance of it with a journalist. So, I mean, I guess colloquially we can call it a leak, but legally that's not a leak. A private citizen can talk to the public about their unclassified conversations with the president. That's what memoirs are full of for for generations in this country. And look, I get why people question why I did that. I thought it was really important that I do it at that moment because I thought there were tapes. President Trump had tweeted about tapes and something needed to be done to force 
the Justice Department to go get those tapes. Is this entire discussion, this book, this interview right now, turning the FBI into a political agency? Oh, heck no. In fact, the FBI is, is the opposite of that. People ask about the politicization of the FBI. The FBI is not politicized. It's being attacked politically, but it is a resolutely apolitical organization. And if you, again, if people take the time to actually read the book, they will see that. You're going to have a lot of time on your hands. Would you ever consider running for office? Never. Never? I'll say it again so my wife gets it twice. Never. <laughs> you know, and uh, listening to some of the interviews uh, you've given, including that extended one with ABC, you mentioned you went back to Loretta Lynch's meeting on the plane. It's sort of that point that kind of started this uh, whole journey off for you. If that meeting on the plane never happened, would you still be FBI director today? That's a great question. Maybe. I, I don't know. It depends. I can't live imagined lives. It would it would turn on a whole bunch of different things. I might still have, well, we would have still closed the Hillary Clinton investigation. We would have then still been in the same position at the end of October, whether or not I did a press conference. And, and so probably I'd be in the same boat if I could live that imagined life again. I think I'd still be out of a job. Five years from now, what will the American people think of James Comey? I hope they don't think much about James Comey at all. I hope they have are having a conversation among themselves about American values and they don't remember me. I, I'm not, I have no interest in being famous. I, I want to be a great father and grandfather and teacher. That's my next thing. I'm going to be a professor. And I'll be totally cool if they don't remember me. WBEN political strategist Dr. Kevin Hardwick, an Erie County lawmaker and Canisius College political science professor, was in our studios following the interview. Well, first off, I think it was a tremendous get for uh, WBEN. Uh, I'm uh, I'm amazed the guy is out uh, trying to sell books in big markets and and doing all sorts of interviews with George Stephanopoulos and everybody else. And here, uh, Brian and Susan are able to get him for a few minutes uh, for uh, for radio. So. Uh, that, I think, is uh, in and of itself impressive. On the content of the Comey interview and his book, Hardwick continues. He's uh, been subjected to a lot of criticism uh, in uh, in recent uh, recent days uh, from quarters, from every quarter. Democrats, Republicans uh, wonder what he's doing out there. I thought that uh, one of the most interesting parts of the interview to me was when Brian uh, kind of stumped him with the Loretta Lynch question. You'd think with everybody asking him questions, all these big name interviewers, he would have been asked that before. And you could you could hear him thinking through, would he still have had his job? Uh, had not the Loretta Lynch thing happened. And um, he uh, he concluded that, no, he probably would have ended up getting fired anyway. I don't know that uh, there's any uh, light shed on uh, the investigation itself. I think we knew what was there, and uh, we saw testimony uh, before Congress. Um, you know, so we, we knew what the story there was. I, I, I think what comes out with the book, and it carries over to this interview, is his distaste. Uh, for the president of the United States. Uh, he really doesn't like uh, what the president is doing. Uh, and he obviously has a problem with Donald Trump. Um, and you see that come over through and through. You know, all of us have our biases. And uh, Comey is certainly not a Trump fan. Did that impact his uh, his dealings with Trump? Did it impact uh, his testimony? Um, I'm not I'm not sure that it did because I think uh, I think uh, uh, Comey is a uh, is is a fairly uh, a straight up guy. He's an honest guy. Um, 
you know, he said that people may think of him as a, a, a fair-minded idiot, he told Brian and Susan. And I think a lot of our listeners probably view him as that fair-minded idiot, um, with the accent being on fair-minded. i got to believe that the president is uh, very, very concerned. I mean, none of us know uh, here anyway what's what's in there, uh, but there's certainly a lot of smoke. Um, and whether there's fire, I think we'll find out in the next uh, next couple months. Who knows who we'll talk with next? Back tomorrow. That's nine thirty in seven one six. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.